Welcome to the inaugural podcast of the ACC Basketball Degenerates. That's correct. We're back, folks. Well, actually, we're here for the first time. But regardless, the college basketball season is upon us, and we've decided to do the public service of sharing thoughts, commentary, predictions, and more on the upcoming year in Atlantic Coast Conference basketball. That's right. My name's Luke Neer, alongside Taylor Pilkington, the architect of this project, and Guthrie Alexander as well. We're all going to travel through the season with you, and we'll pay special attention, of course, to Virginia men's basketball, because this is the season all of us have been waiting for our entire lives. And that's, what, 26 years for me, and how old are you guys now? 14. Okay. And uh, Guthrie is 44. Years young. Yeah, yeah, okay, so we have a 26-year-old, yeah. a 14-year-old, and a 44-year-old in studio. <laughs> yeah, well, folks, uh, the 2015 to 2016 basketball season begins this week. So we have business to do. We're going to have the chance to do projections. We're going to take Poetic. a look at teams. We're going to give you an outlook, and we're going to pay special attention to the contenders this year. We're going to give you gambling advice, which is probably the most important part of this podcast and more. But I'm going to pass over to Taylor right now because he is really the visionary for this ACC year and the podcast you're listening to right now. So go ahead and take it away, Taylor. So this season we'll be covering the ACC. Uh, all of us are Virginia homers, of course, so we'll be you know, giving them a little extra love. Well, speak for yourself, right? And Hold on there. That's right. <laughs> Don't make generalizations on who's a homer. You can say you're a homer, but not us. Oh, okay. I'm definitely a homer. Like, <laughs> no, Are you no a blind clones. homer? You're not a blind <laughs> I, homer. I, uh, maybe I'm a deaf homer. I'm, I'm getting there. Well, I got news for you. I'm a homer, too. But you know what? I picked Virginia th- to win the league the last two years, and I was right. So get at me for that tobacco route. Anyway, Taylor, please continue with the vision. We will uh, also be touching on stories of national relevance, both those having to do with escorts in Kentucky and those not having to do with escorts in Kentucky. And, uh, you know, touching on some of the key games that are coming up each week and giving some little uh, wagering advice. And um, I mean, that's the only reason I'm here right now. That's right. This is the only reason I'm doing this on a podcast and not trying to work on, on my regular stuff I have to do in the studio. If you can't make money I'm just money trying to it, get gambling advice. Listen? That's why I'm here. Anyway, back to basketball. And the question, why do this podcast? Well, here's the answer. This is going to be the best league in the entire country this year. Uh, I believe it was last year as well. But the Big Ten is going to go downhill. So don't worry about them. You need to be concentrating on the Atlantic Coast Conference this year. We learned from Media Day. We learned from ACC Operation Basketball. All the coaches are in agreement. We're the greatest in the world. We're masters of the universe. So we're going to pay attention, and we're going to believe Coach K, Mike Bray, Jim Beheim, Jamie Dixon, Rick Pitino. Oh, wait. Rick Pitino wasn't at Media Day. Who else? Huckleberry Hound, Leonard Hamilton. Pretty much... But all the coaches are in agreement. This is the best conference they've ever seen or that the world has ever seen, not just this year, but the history of the world. They say it's the best conference. So I guess we have to talk about it. We have to pay attention to it. So we're going to start with a preview of some of the teams. We're going to give some predictions. We're going to start from the bottom because we got to end at the top. And we're going to try to devote, I don't know, should we do a ratio of seconds to wins we project? I don't know, because we're starting with Boston College, and I think we've already talked too much about them. <laughs> I mean, there it's it's a rebuilding year. Like we can't be. It's it's Jim Christian's second year. It's it's going to be a tough a tough season for them. Do you want to hear a great Jim Christian quote about his team? Absolutely. I think in our case, we've replaced the guys who were departing with really good players and guys who I think can grow and ceilings maybe a little bit higher. They have one guy returning, and that's Dennis Clifford. 
big dumb white guy, Dennis Clifford. This team is going to be horrible this year. They were 13 and 19 last year. I I mean, their their best incoming recruit is a is a top 150 guy. <laughs> their best player plays for Arizona. So this is the consensus bottom feeder. Are we in agreement? I yeah, I agree. We're with in that. agreement about I this. Agree with Absolutely. That. Boston College is finishing 15th in the league. I wish there was a way we could short them like a stock, but that doesn't exist yet. They are definitely going to struggle. They they played in an exhibition last week against Bentley, which is a Division II school, and they barely won. I'm glad to see that you're watching exhibitions or <laughs> paying attention to them. Yeah, I, I'll just make a disclaimer about Guthrie. He's the one who who will like text me during I don't know like a Tuesday in in December saying I'm watching Cal Polytech play against Xavier. So a game like that you'll be watching. Which is good, and I appreciate that because not a lot of people watching. watch basketball, but you do. So kudos to that. I'm glad that you're uh, you're not gonna have a life anymore for the next. How many months do we have? We got a lot of months. Yeah, it's like it's like four four solid months. Yeah, that's right. Okay, we're done with Boston College. We devoted way too much time to them. Next team, our number fourteen team. We might have some difference in opinion here, but I'm gonna go ahead and say Georgia Tech is gonna be my fourteenth place team this year. Should we talk about Brian Gregory? I think we should. I think they could do, go higher than 14. Great. Certainly. <laughs> well, I mean, what's Great. Wow. Hot, hot take. Or even nice, 11. nice take there. <laughs> they can get to 12. Great. This They've team is not very good. they got two leading scores back. Charles Mitchell. Good tell it on the mountain. Charles Mitchell's back. Marcus uh, George's Hunt. Wow. He has yeah. a hyphen, in his, he has a hyphen in his name. Yep. Yeah. We should take that into account. This might be the year of the hyphen. Hyphenated last names are great. Xavier yeah. Don Mays. That might be him. Yes. I mean, could be his year. Yeah. Yeah, Cody Miller McIntyre. Exactly. Also, also got, got a lot of hyphens this year. Uh, Georgia I don't Tech. Don't expect too much from him. Can we talk about Brian Gregory real quick? And um, do you think he sends Paul Hewitt Christmas cards like every year? <laughs> do you think he does? Hey, Paul. The whole family. I'm still there. here. Thanks the so much. Family. Thanks so much for that yeah. massive albatross contract you signed. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. He 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 should be grateful. Honestly, um, the situation. In, just, in Georgia Tech is he's just a bad, he's just yeah. a bad coach. I don't I don't know if he's such a bad coach. Like I think he's a really nice guy. He's a really nice guy. Well, we know I, a lot of nice guys who are not great coaches. We, it's we're, true. we're very familiar with that dynamic. It's true. But I also think he's like a decent coach. Do you have any evidence or examples of this? Uh, no. You just say no. he sat just, on the bench with I, Izzo and that makes him a good coach. He sat on the bench with Izzo and he's a good coach. No, no. Yeah. It's just the feeling. I, I remember two years ago, uh, they were showing an inside look at Georgia Tech practice and, you know, it's like one of those things where the ACC spends it like, oh, he's so enthusiastic. This is so cool. We're inside Georgia Tech practice. And it was laughable because he's got that thick Northern accent. And mm. yeah. Anyway, Taylor, any last thoughts? We've, we've exhausted all I have to say about that. That's all on Georgia Tech. We probably spent too long on them too. So who's our number thirteen team, guys? That's the question. Virginia Tech. Uh, I think I think it's Virginia Tech. Okay, I think it's Virginia Tech. Uh, so Seth Allen. Seth Allen this returns, year. and that actually could be huge for them. And I think their strength definitely lies in their backcourt. Like they still have Devin Wilson, Seth Allen, Justin Bibbs is he's like a, yeah. a three man. Is that right? Yeah, he's back. Yeah, he's back. It's like a combo guard forward. Yeah. So and like they just have a lot of a lot of options attacking out of the backcourt. All right, they won eleven name... games last year. And you can't say right, they have right. bad coaching. Well, I I guess you 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 couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean I don't know. 
like I can't name a single one of their front court players, honestly. Like the the guy that transferred to uh, Adam Smith. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Adam Smith was a big loss. They won eleven games last year. Are they winning more, or are they winning fewer games? They won two games in the ACC. I'd say I don't know. I Stop looked... sidestepping the question. Eleven games, <laughs> over or under? They're winning more. I agree. They're, they're going to so win more, more than two games in the ACC. I think so. They'll beat Clemson. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they'll, they'll beat Boston and College. Beat Boston College. So that's two. Okay, we're done with the Hokies. Yeah. Uh, back to BC real quick. Um, they're going below the thirteen and nineteen record they had last year, and I think that's a fact. We didn't talk about Georgia Tech as far as how many games they're going to win. They won twelve last year, twelve and nineteen. I feel like they repeat that. Is that crazy? I mean, we have to go over or under twelve wins for Georgia Tech. Yeah, mm. I picked the over. Okay, I'll take. I'm with it. That's fine. yeah. I, it's it's either yeah. It might be over. We're I don't on, know. We're on to Clemson now. Brad Brennell is um is a friend of Tony Bennett's. Tony Bennett loves Brad Brennell. More than probably any other coach in the ACC. I know this for a fact. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so at the, the ACC coaches at Operation Basketball, they all sat at the table. And, of course, uh, who, who do you think sat at the head of the table? Just take a guess. Probably Brad Brunell. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> probably. No, serious question. I mean, it's got to be Coach K. Yes, of course. Of course. Who is to his... Who is right next Who's to right? him? Who's right? Yeah. <laughs> Roy Williams. Um. Huckleberry was close up there, but his mm. he had his you gotta give love to his his former pupil. So Mike Bray was next to him and then Jim Bayheim, who's his sheriff of Nottingham, you could say. And then we also saw Tony Bennett and Brad Brownell next to each other. Because they're Midwestern guys and they like defense. Um I think he's a good coach. I don't think he has very much talent. Mm. You know they're gonna grind it out on some games. They're gonna play defense and uh that'll be worth some wins, but I don't really see this team going anywhere. No. Because think, yeah, I, I actually think, think they'll finish lower than some of the teams we've already talked about. Really, I'm not very high on. Them. Yeah, okay. they they are. It's looking like it's going to be. They have oh, Blossom 12, Game. Back. Blossom Game is yeah, and Noko yeah. and Landry Noko, leading scorer that's returning. Right, Landry Noko. Anyway, Clemson 16 and 15. They were had a winning record last year overall. Yeah. Eight and 10 in the ACC. See, that, that's not a bad ACC it's, record. That's no. very respectable. I, I think they would be pleased with that. Come the end of the season, like I mean, Georgia Tech was three and fifteen in the ACC last year. Yeah, y- you think you think Georgia Tech's beating out Clemson this year? I, I think they're going to steal one from Clemson. I'm, I'm, I'm saying finishing that. higher. Yeah, okay. I, th- I think they will. We have I'm that saying. on record now. That's on record, and we can make fun of you once that doesn't happen. Anyway, who's next? Well, that's a good question. Wake, right? We yeah, haven't we talked wake about Wake. We forgot yeah, Wake. Yeah, Danny Manning, second year. Yeah, I I actually well, I, I, I think... want Danny Manning to do well. I, I, like do I'm I do too. I do too. And I think I think they're going to turn the corner this year. I really do. Like I think this this team is going to, you know, break away from the the bottom of the barrel of the ACC. Maybe. So they're going to finish eleventh. So you have them at eleven, and that's that's breaking away. All right. I mean. Okay. I, I no. Well, I'd say that there is a chance they could finish top eight. I think there's a chance that Wake Forest Wake Forest finishes top eight in the ACC. Wow. Well, you should make a little chart and show me how it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I haven't. That's your honestly, homework assignment. By I, haven't the end looked, of the podcast. I haven't looked at their schedule, but your boy I know Cody Miller McIntyre. Cody Miller McIntyre, I like a lot. Devin Thomas, Devin uh, Thomas don't, still yeah. don't there. forget pick and pop Mitiglu. I was going to say one of the best names. Mitiglu, ACC, like, Constantinos. 
you know what this team should do? They should be motoring in transition, breakneck speeds up and down the court and see what happens. That should be their identity, especially with a 30-second shot clock. We need to move on, though. We're on a schedule. Who's next? I think it's Pitt. I think, yeah. I think Pitt's yeah, next. I'd agree with that. Pitt could actually finish. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of down on Pitt this year. They could finish below some of the teams we talked about. It's it's a strange thing from last year, and I'm. it looks like it'll carry over to this year that you're talking about a Jamie Dixon team that struggled on defense. Yeah. And that's always been his, you know, his calling card and it's a tough place to play the zoo, but I, they just, it's, I mean, they return a lot of guys, but I just don't think they showed enough on defense. I, this they is didn't just live up a vanilla team. Year, and I don't think they'll be that great. This, this is a yeah. vanilla team. Yeah. They reek of vanilla. They were, I read somewhere they were 200th in uh, defense efficiency last year, which, yeah, like you were saying, is completely against Jamie Dixon's mantra of, yeah, you know, they were coaching philosophy. Two hundred and second in defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. And Jamie Dixon is is starting to age. So what happens with the hair? We've seen gray the past couple of years. Do we see white this year? I don't know. I think you keep it keep it a salt and pepper mix right there. Looks okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Syracuse is next, guys. Jim Beheim is suspended. All the way up until the dog days of ACC play. So nine games in the conference, he will be suspended. But let's talk about their non-con. And they, everybody they play is projected to be really bad, except for Wisconsin and Georgetown. Those are their two uh, exactly. You know, tough games during the time he's suspended. He misses, I mean, well, he misses half of the ACC games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, the first nine. I mean, and that's including the one at UVA. Yeah. If I'm counting correctly. Yeah, that's that's the eighth ACC game. You, you know what's a bad sign for Syracuse basketball and the program in general? When you send Trevor Cooney and Michael Benajay to ACC Basketball Media Day. that That's a bad sign. That's a sign of how things have gone downhill. I am not high on this team once again. They finished 18 and 13 last year. They were 500 in the ACC. Okay, sure, maybe Caleb Joseph gets better. I mean, great. He was very underwhelming last year. I'd I'd, I'd have to say Malachi Richardson. Yeah, he's a he's a burger boy. Great. I don't know. I don't see a leap from this team, and I think I think everyone's in consensus about this for the most part. But tell me your thoughts, guys. Come on. I think their record will be about the same. I think. Uh, uh, to be honest, how much does it matter that Bayheim won't be there for a lot of those games? I think for a lot of the games it won't make a difference because his defense is going to be in place and it will matter only when it's coming down to a game that's very close and he has to make some adjustment. Now that could be you know, all of those or m- most of those ACC games in the first half. Um, but I don't think it'll matter be- certainly before ACC play. And uh, I, I, I would pencil them for about the same 18. They were 18 and 13. Are they winning more this I, year? I say they they're going over or under. I say they win 19 games. That is my Okay, opinion. so we're saying a slight over. That's right. I don't think they we're win 18 going games. Under, we're going under on Clemson, correct? Because they won 16 last year. Yes, mm-hmm. going under on Clemson. say that. And Wake, we're going over, a big time over. They're yeah. winning more than 13 this year. Yeah, for sure. And I think they win more than five in the ACC. So there's that. Okay, uh, this is the easiest, I think, pick thus far. Number seven, I have firmly in at number seven, 
the NC State Wolfpack. Absolutely. Agree or disagree? Totally. I'm glad. I'm glad we're on the same page. Gethry, you look real quiet over there. Do you not I, agree with this consensus uh, so pick at number seven? There are two teams this year that are kind of question marks for me, just because I really don't know what what they're going to be like come ACC play. NC State is one of them. Louisville is the other. They, th- there was just so much turnover and the number of players that left those programs either graduated or left early or transferred that like NC State you have Cat Barber wow and you wow. have Terry Henderson and Abdul Malik Abu don't forget about him BJ and BJ Anya the cookie Anya. monster Cat Cat Barber my thing here's my thing here's my thing all right if if you're putting all your hopes in Cat Barber and BJ Anya I feel like that's a problem. I think that's a little bit of a problem. Yeah, oh, no, I'd agree oh, with that. Oh, they're great. I, I think Cat Barber has... Yeah, I really, they really are. <laughs> well, so honestly... I, I really yeah. can't... Your expression there, I can't tell if you're being yeah, sarcastic. I'm being super sarcastic. serious. <laughs> I, would, I, I actually like Cat, Cat, Cat Barber. Cat Barber with the ball in his hands, one-on-one against anybody, scares the living hell out of me. I mean... there's He's very difficult to guard. I guess he was an average three-point shooter last the, the year. The shooting is not what concerns me, but he is very difficult to stay in front of. Okay. And I, I'm, okay. you know, I'm not saying they're going to win the ACC, but I, right. let's give them some credit. We have this on tape. Depending on Cat Barber and BJ, so you're saying they're going to finish worse. higher than seven? Do a lot worse. No, I think they're. Are they a tournament team? Firmly at seven. Yeah, I think they'll make the tournament. Yeah, they'll, they'll squeak yeah. in somehow, maybe. But okay, they so have done that the year, last couple of years. They, I, yeah. I want them out of the. I want to pick them out of the tournament so I, badly. I don't know. I'm. I, you know what, I'm I just doing don't, it. I know I'm going to do it. I'm going to go on an should. island you against the rest of the ACC media, you know, Tobacco Road people. So NC State, they went 10 and 8 in the ACC last year. Just mm-hmm. think about all of those games that uh, Lacey or Ralston Turner just like completely carried them or created their own offense. Absolutely. Yeah, it happened a lot. It happened all. All the time. And I mean, who's going to do that? And like, guess Kat, what? Kat they also Barber... threw some games away. They lost to Wake Forest and Boston College last year. BJ Anya is still out of shape. Just, just thought I'd mention it. Just thought I'd throw I it mean, out there for I, you guys. I, the hope, I hope he never changes. He's he has the best. Love to watch him block a shot. It's just an exciting player to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Who does agree, he look like? Who does he remind us of? Six, that six, nine, two ninety five is my ideal size for a front court man. So uh, we should probably get on to this. This is the theme of our first podcast. Taylor has an affinity for players who are six eight, or six, ish, nine. and way more than two sixty. That's right. And um, PJ Anya certainly is is right there. I yeah. I want to see somebody who's a a tight end recruit, and then also plays power forward. Okay. Okay. NC State won 22 games last year. Are they going over or under that mark? I say under, and I think that's a firm under. Under. I believe so. Under, but not by much. Okay. (laughs) 21 games and a tournament appearance. This is where we might start to disagree a little bit. At number six, I have the Louisville Cardinals. And I think I we should defer to Taylor right here, who is our resident Kentucky man, to uh, to take us through everything that's going on from the escorts to the front court. Who's back? 
Mengak Mathiang, the Virginia killer. Also, Chinanu Anuoko, Quentin Snyder, and then they have the two transfers. That's right. Who they, they sent as representatives to Media Day, which I thought was hilarious, instead of um, members on the team who were probably involved in the sex scandal. Yeah. <laughs> Just thought that was interesting. Just thought that was interesting. So I don't um, really know if the scandal, I mean, I'm sure it will hang over the program for this year. But regardless of what happens with them, I think the question mark is, like Guthrie was saying, the turnover uh, in the players. And, um, you know, the new transfers are going to be really their go-to guys. Trey Lewis, who actually, I, you know, he played, he had 18 points. Cleveland State. On four of nine, three-point shooting against UVA last year. So, um, you know, he and Damian Lee from Drexel are both scorers, uh, shooters, I think Damian Lee shot about 38% from three-point range last year. Uh, but they're, I feel like they're both kind of guys who need the ball in their hands. Um, I think that they will do well fitting into the system that Patino runs. Um, I, I think that Patino, I can, you can always, he'll always do a good job, you know, at least um, putting his defense into place. And so that'll always be tough. Uh, but just because of all the question marks, and I'm not even not even talking about off the court. Um, but, you know, just the question marks about how these guys who didn't really get a ton of minutes last season um, fit together with these I mean, new they lost new their best four players. Right. Yeah. That's – I don't care who you are. That's that's difficult to, to come back from, especially when you're not putting out a top five recruiting class like Duke is doing, for example. Yeah, so they, lo- they lose Montrizzle Shizzle, of course. Brazier. Chris Jones, um, you know yeah. what happened to him, and finally um, Blackshear. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. The only thing I am high on about Louisville this year is I think that the Patino press is going to actually really throw people off rhythm this year with the thirty seconds. Mm. I think that's going to be a weapon for them, but they are certainly going under from their mark last year, which was twenty-seven and nine overall last year. Yeah. Twelve and six in the ACC. They're going below that. And I think that's a fact. We're in agreement. Can we move on, gentlemen? Let's go. The options to come next going to be Miami, Florida State, Notre Dame. Yeah, those three, definitely. Because we know who the consensus top three is. How are we doing it? I actually, I, so we talked about this earlier. Uh, we both really like Florida State. I, I didn't really know too much about them before today. And I read, you know, the fact that they didn't lose anyone from last year. And they got a five-star recruit, Dwayne Bacon. Go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm yeah. going with four. Yeah. Lumping those three together. I'm glad Florida we're in State, agreement. Miami and Notre Dame. I actually think that I would actually rank them going from the bottom. Miami, Notre Dame, Florida State. And I would not be surprised. I think one of them will actually bump into the top three. I think Duke or North Carolina. and really, Slips. I, I think Duke will slip to fourth. I think... Well, we're it's spoiling possible. this. We're spoiling this, but I think Duke will slip to fourth, and I think one of those three teams will slip into third. Um, I'm going to talk about Miami first because I think I, I like Notre Dame and FSU a little bit better than them, but they, I mean, they're kind of the opposite of all these things we've been talking about with turnover and transfers and everything. They're, well, two of their guys were once transfers. Um, Sheldon McClellan and uh, Angel Martinez. Okay, okay, we're getting Roger into Miami. We need, we need to backtrack. We need, <laughs> we need, to, get, we need to zero in a one team. So, so let's just start with we're saying Miami, Notre Dame, Florida State. What six, six, five, four. Yes, right. Because we're we're down to the last six. Yes, if math is right. I yeah, I Man, think I, I think our I math. I really is have right. notes in front of me. I just have like 
either. Just teams. Let's just go over Miami. Let's talk to my about Miami, yeah. Okay. Jim Laranega, that's the next factor. That's why I think they I mean they could finish fifth, fourth. I don't see why not. Sheldon McClellan. Sheldon McClellan. We love him. It's mm-hmm. a well balanced team. They have a great starting five. Not a great starting five. They have a very good starting five. Their bench, very suspect. That's I think what what keeps them down here. And Angel Rodriguez, does he keep it together? Is he the Colin Kaepernick of the ACC? That's a question mark. And I guess we're going to find out this year. I think I think there there are some games where you see he really scares people. I think with a little better shot selection, he will take the leap. He'll it'll be it'll vastly improve the just the team efficiency. And I, I Sheldon McClellan, he was seventh in the ACC last year in true shooting percentage, uh, which takes into account three-pointers and uh, the rate that you get free throws uh, with 59.6%. Um, and just the experience around their starters and the um, ability that they have and experience in Jim Laranega, I, I think that they will they, do well. They could, I mean, any of these teams could, could finish in different places, but we're just going to say Miami. Sorry, Miami. We're just going to put you at six for now. No hard feelings. Sounds fair. At five, Notre Dame, team that everybody likes except for me. I've got some questions. Um, I'll tell you the projected starting lineup. Demetrius Jackson, who's first team all ACC in the preseason selections. They have Asturia also in there. VJ Beecham, Bonzi Colson, and Zach August, who everybody loves and is all over in the preseason. Their bench, um, Rex Fluger, who's a combo guard. Matt Ryan, not the quarterback. Austin Torres and Martin Gebbin. Uh, he was not very good at basketball. Matt Ryan apparently was really highly touted out of high school, but he uh, he had hip surgery, so that put everybody off the scent. I have some question marks about this team. I have some concerns. Well, first of all, we're not going to know anything until the ACC starts because they play a laughable non-conference. I mean, a laughable. They need Demetrius Jackson to be as good as everyone is advertising. They'll be good in transition. Luke's worried about a couple things, though. Luke's worried Pat Connaughton did a lot of things for that team. Jerry and Grant did a lot of things for that team. Well, hold on, Guthrie. All right, hold on. Let's get back to Pat Connaughton. (laughs) The guy made big shots. He snagged weird rebounds. He hustled. He made cuts. He just made plays. And he gave them lineup flexibility. He was a four who could extend out and stretch the defense, and that was the identity of that team. They had four shooters on the floor at all times. And I don't know if they have that this year. I mean, Bonzi Colson, he's going to be better defensively, but he's not going to be able to shoot threes. He's not going to be able to stretch the floor. That's my biggest concern about this team. I think they're just going to be more like a normal basketball team. They're so, definitely going to have to change their identity on offense. It's going to be it's going to be a very different look from Notre Dame compared to last year. It's not going to be, you know, like you said, the four shooters surrounding Zach August. It's it, going to be it's going to be Demetrius Jackson. Uh, running running the point. And he's going to be a marked man this year. Yeah. I, I want to make myself clear on that. He wasn't the marked man last year. That was Jaron Grant. Yeah, that's Here's true. Here's what I'll say in defense of Notre Dame. So first, about the... Uh, Defend Notre Dame. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. I'm ready. Um, I'll take it on my vest here. Uh, about, the, uh, about the depth. You know, it's not uh, an unknown thing for Mike Bray. Last year, they were close to dead last in the NCAA in amount of bench minutes used. Um, 349th in the percentage of bench minutes used. 
um, in the entire NCAA. So I think Mike Bray is used to that sort of thing, running kind of a, a thin lineup. Um, now, definitely Connaughton and uh, Jerry and Grant, they'll lose a lot of the floor spacing and they'll lose a lot of creative ability. But who, I was surprised to learn this, in true shooting percentage, the second ranked player in, in the ACC last year was Steve Vesteria. And the third ranked player was Demetrius Jackson. Okay. Okay. And so right. I, I'm, I think that they will okay. definitely have to step up. And certainly some of the floor was opened up by Connaughton and Grant. But, oh, do you um, think so? But they will, and they will be based a lot more on slashing than they were last year, than, um, than you know, kind of the the kick and Zach August rolling to the basket. Um, but it's not going to be a huge drop off because I think they have the talent to step up and replace some of that some of that production. That we're just not going to. I don't think we're going to know until January. Right, they, we find out. They certainly won't yeah. be tested early. Yeah, and who's their who's their Big Ten opponent? Somebody bad? Indiana, really? Oh, mm, well, they do play Indiana. It could be. No, I think that's. I don't think that's their Big Ten foe. It's either Illinois. When when is the Big Ten ACC challenge? Is it in early December? Yeah, so it's it's, it's Illinois. Illinois. So it's, it's Illinois. Illinois. Okay, that's Notre Dame. Let's go into the team. That could be a fun game. I I, I want to talk about this because we all came up with the same conclusion and didn't really have any collusion about it we love florida state this year very high on florida state definitely projected starting lineup xavier Raton mays we know about him we're familiar with his work he's also a preseason first team all acc selection devin bookert who can shoot pretty well malik beasley he's a freshman he's fast he can jump out of the gym he's going to be a weapon in transition Dwayne bacon of course who's um who's the five star and boris bojanovsky can i say one thing that i just want to make an a comment about Florida State and their athletic site. Do you, do you know what they have these guys listed as? They have Boris listed as 7'3". Seven, 7'3". Three. Seven, three. Boris is not 7'3". Seven, seven. That guy's not 7'3". I've seen him in person many times. That's ridiculous. I don't even know how tall any of these guys are because if they say Boris is 7'3", I mean, you just throw your hands up on how tall the freshmen are. Michael Ojo, 7'1". Yeah, I, I can believe that. I think they are going to be running up and down the floor. They're going to be going at breakneck speeds, and I love that identity for them. And look who they have on the bench. Uh, Monte Brandon, Phil Kofer, who started last year, Mm -hmm. but did not start in their scrimmage the other day. So that tells you a little bit about the depth. And then Benji Bell, who's this junior transfer. And then Michael Ojo, just um, for kicks and giggles. Yeah, they definitely are (laughs) a lot deeper than last year, which... Uh, I mean, it was a big problem for them. those guys. This team is going to be running up and down yeah. the floor. Yeah, I, they are going absolutely. to. Now absolutely. they're going to be fun to watch. They'll no have tr- they'll have trouble against our Virginia Cavaliers, but I think they beat teams like I think they they'll beat North Carolina this year. I think they can beat North Carolina. I think that game's in Tallahassee too. I think they'll finish third in the ACC. Um, I love that they are coached by Bunny Colvin from The Wire. Robert Wisdom is the actor's name. He looks exactly like Leonard Hamilton. Zombie pimp. That's who he is. I prefer to call him Bunny Colvin. You might also know him from his work in The Dark Knight Rises as Army Captain at Bridge. Look him up on IMDb. Um, They're deep. They're athletic. They had a good recruiting class. We're on to the top four. I feel like we should splice in some music here because we finally made it to the top four. Why does the top four matter? And my question is, well, it's a double buy in the ACC tournament, so that's why it matters. And that's why the four is special, and it matters. So we're going to go there now. Now we're on to number three. 
and it's going to be the Duke Blue Devils. Unless Florida State jumps them like Taylor believes, I still think Duke will figure it out by ACC playtime, and they'll, they might lose a couple in that first month, but I think they'll, they'll get it together in February. The Duke Blue Devils, ladies and gentlemen, here's what their lineup is going to look like because I know no one really pays attention to recruiting, but that's okay. Their point guard is going to be Derek Thornton, who's, what, 19 years old, 18? Their shooting guard, Grayson Allen. Small forward, Brandon Ingram. And this is the big factor of the year. Who's Here's who they're going to start in the front court. They're going to start Emile Jefferson and Marshall Plumlee. I think that lasts maybe for the non-conference, and then it's scrapped. It could be scrapped after game one. I don't think that's going to last. Here's who else they have available. Chase Jeter, skinny, long arms. Five-star guy. Luke Kennard. Kennard. I don't know how you say it. He's also a McDonald's All-American. And then you got Matt Jones. And yeah, there's your team, Duke. My biggest question is, what does Coach K's new offense look like? He can't play inside out like he did last year. With Plumlee, Jefferson, and Jeter in the interior, uh, it's going to be different. None of those guys are going to draw a double team like Okafor did. So... The exception being the post trap from Virginia. So the questions are, how good is Brandon Ingram? Can he carry the team? Can he shoot? What does he look like defensively? This team is probably going to be a little bit better defensively. What do you guys think? Come on, chime in here. I mean, I you know, I every ounce of me wants to say uh, that the recruits are not going to live up to their billing. Um, you know, kind of old man shakes fist at cloud, the kids these days. But, you know, we've seen it a million times before. They won last year with how many freshmen on the court and now they're replacing the whole thing. Uh, it seems that that's, I, you can't question it anymore when these guys come in and from it's all kind of what college basketball has become. It's, yeah. And I hate to so, say that cause it's a cliche and it's what you hear all the time, yeah. but um, I don't know. It's so the thing about uh Derek Thornton being young, he reclassified from that's correct from another class. So right. he's even a year younger. Does that matter? I don't know. I'm asking you guys. Does it matter? Guthrie? Well, he's going to have the ball. He's going to have the ball. Right. Grayson Allen's not going to have the ball. I'm sorry. And Norton's going to have much of the ball, and I don't know what that looks like in crunch time. And and Brandon Ingram, I think, will be there. He was the highest rated of those guys. He was third overall, and he... Sec- um, yeah. Up third. He, yeah. He's, Second, he third. will be the kind of... Um, yeah. I he mean, will be their go-to scorer, I would say. The biggest question mark is the post. I agree. Who's playing in yeah, the post? Do sure. they end up going small and putting Ingram in at the four? Can Ingram bang with power forwards? Because he might have to. I think He's, that they will. They look. cannot keep Plumlee and Jefferson out there at the same time, I don't think, and be competitive against the best teams in college basketball. I think they will look a lot like the Duke teams you saw before Okafor came when they didn't really have a true big man and they played yeah, they just, very like small. Like the Jabari and Hood team. All, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All on the perimeter, all sure. shooters, mm-hmm. small guys. I think that it the Coach K will will set things up like that. It'll look a lot more like that. Um, I am not sold on Marshall Plumley. Um, you know, playing for them. I don't if, think if I'm if I'm another if I'm an opposing front court guy. No offense to Marshall Plumley, I would be thrilled to see him in the game against me, like all game long. Um, this is going to be a, a real yeah. like. We're going to see what Coach K has in his bag of tricks. Is he going to stray from his traditional 3-2 motion? That's the question. Three out, two in. That's what he plays. Is he going to stray far from it? I think they'll figure it out eventually, but I have them in it a solid number three. I think we're going to learn a lot about Duke when they play against Kentucky 
that's like what next like week, the second game of the season. Yeah, really. Well, I think we're gonna learn a lot about the freshmen. Okay. Because I okay. mean, I at least right. I haven't seen I haven't seen them. I haven't seen them play before. I haven't seen at a neutral site. At a neutral. Who site. Who would have thunk it? What is it in Chicago again? Yeah, it's the United Center. Great. Let's go into my favorite team in the world, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Here's my thing, guys, and I've said this on on the show I I work with. Why are we crowning this team? And they've never finished higher than third in the league, ever. Finished fifth last year, fourth the year before, and third the season before. I just keep asking the same question. I said it last year. So They've never won a title before. And we're, we're picking, and, and people are picking them as consensus number one and over Virginia, who's won three titles. So what we've said before is it's not a good sign when you're talking about a team and the the litany about them is they'll be great if so and so is exactly. healthy. Or that's if, a great point. And, yes, and of course. Uh, Paige already injured. Yeah, um, yeah, it's out three which, to five weeks. Which is not with a broken hand. Sign for them. With a not a shooting hand. hand, but still. And that can be a, a nagging injury that crops up. But I will say, um, you know, I'm not. I'm maybe coming around. One of the things that you could say about them, you hear also people say they need more outside presence. They need a three point shooter, and you know the teams that in the past couple of years I associate with being terrifying with Carolina is when they were running down the court and Reggie Bullock, PJ Harrison a couple of years ago could just pull up for anywhere and fire a three in. Well, the question is, is that player Kenny Williams? Does he get well, into the rotation? Well, really, I looked back at some of the great teams that, um, you know, that Roy Williams has had at UNC and they have never really scored a majority of their points from uh, outside, from the three-point range. They've always really had a dominant Post presence. Think about Hansborough. Think about Zello. May. All that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm. And so, really, all they need to do is be efficient from outside. They don't really need to score a ton of points. And I, I mean, their front court. Kennedy Meeks, another guy I love to do, and I think we have some great audio of uh, Roy Williams talking about Kennedy Meeks. Yeah, there's a big thing about Kennedy Meeks that we all learned, and we're gonna we're gonna tell you that right now. Uh, he loves having fun. He loves to laugh, and sometimes the guys get on him or somebody hid in his locker one time and he opened it up and they jumped out and you thought he'd had a heart attack. He would not get in an elevator with more than one person. You know, those, So he's a little wacko, but uh, uh, he's the one that's the most serious guy. And so, yeah, he doesn't like getting into elevators with more than one person. And also, I like how he's the class clown, but Roy also says he's the most serious person on the team. Well, he'll be a anyway. great part of that front court. And that's certainly the strength of their team, especially well, with Paige out. I mean, he's down to 265, apparently. And he says he's going to stay there. Because, you know, the la last year it was all about how he lost weight in the offseason. And then he gained a lot of it back during the season. I don't know how you do that. He gained, like, a good amount of weight during the season. Training table. Did you guys know this? So, I, didn't know I, I actually I didn't. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember hearing about him losing all This is all your the team, weight, guys. This but... is Ca Carolina, the consensus favorite, has a bunch of these guys who's, who've never won anything at the college level, um, gaining weight during the regular season. I, I mean, yeah, there's talent on the team. I just, I don't get it. I don't know, dude. I mean, they, I think they they peaked late last year. I think they were pretty strong at times. They looked, Justin Jackson was like unbelievable against us in the tournament, against UVA in the tournament, ACC tournament last year. Uh it it's they they can they can get they can get hot. They can go they can get streaky. Um well they let's talk about how they lost Tokido and that might actually be a thing because does this team drop off defensively? 
What if we remember from the ACC tournament game between Virginia and North Carolina? They were relentless defensively that one game, and it all yeah. started with Tokido. That's who it started with, and that's how they beat Virginia. I, I mean, think they'll so be better on the offense without Tokido. Well, yeah, I think but, he didn't fit into it. I mean, there's there's two sides of the floor though, right? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was the general consensus that he was their best defender, best yeah. perimeter defender, absolutely. Um, but they actually, as a team, they were not that bad defensively last year, and I think that like had a lot to do with their success. They were very good defensively, actually. Yeah, yeah, they were like through 30, 30 something back half of the season. Yes, and uh, in defensive efficiency, is that right? That's like completely off the top yeah. of my head. Um, which is like not what you normally associate, you know, fifty first in defensive. Okay, so I but, was, you know, you know, in the general general ballpark. I think we should get a good grasp of this team in the non-conference as well. Mm-hmm. If they uh, take a bunch of dumps in the non-con or lay a bunch of eggs, then I think that's a big sign because they've done that recently and it hasn't turned out well for them in ACC play. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna hold off on the anointing oil. Just gonna hold off, guys. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Until I see something. December twelfth at Texas. North Carolina at Texas. That is a game. Like that. that that's a game I'm going to <laughs> tune in for. Guthrie's face just came to life. Like uh <laughs> Dude, I mean Texas is like I I mean, you remember last year, I was all I was all aboard the Texas bandwagon last year. Me too. That, and we you know, and we drove of, it off a cliff. Yeah, exactly. We were the but, last two people on it. I and mean, we were jumping off of Rick Barnes into Texas, the abyss. Texas could be like a fascinating storyline this year. And we also have a correspondent down there this year who we might have to check in with. All right. True. Have we finally reached the Virginia Cavaliers? I think we have. The team we know most about. Number one in your hearts, number one in the nation. All right, guys. I mean, it's hard to give something fresh about this team because they've been talked about so much. I'm very excited. I have, uh, I have a lot to say. I think, I think the question is, um, who is the the fifth starter? I think we know that we'll see London, uh, London Prontes, Malcolm Brogdon. Parentes. Parentes. Sorry, I had to me. do it. Excuse me. Sorry, I had to. Yeah, that's fine. Gil and Toby. And then I think the question is, who will be the fifth starter? And I can I um, feel comfortable with so many of these guys um, fitting into that role. Okay, there's three candidates. Right. Mario Shayak, Evan Nolte, or Darius Thompson? Uh, Those so are the three. If I had to predict, and this is based off just my own intuition, I would say uh, Bennett will play the matchups and kind of rotate those guys in and out. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, I'm very excited to see Darius Thompson. Uh, he led Tennessee in steals as a freshman. Oh, yeah. He has, he has incredibly long right. arms, and they're quick, too. In the scrimmage, he probably had, what, three – Three, four steals. Yeah, in the yeah he had a handful of steals. He had a handful. He looked, he looked quite good. It's he gonna be a weapon for this he, team. He couple, kind of a couple of nice checks, be a weapon. Checks all those cliche things that you love to hear about people. He's a coach's son. I went back and looked at an interview with him when he was just a recruit coming out, and he said that he is a pass considers himself a pass first guy, and he talked about fundamentals being the most important thing for him, not really about scoring. So, um, that certainly. Looks like he will fit well into the EVA system. I did not realize yeah. that he was ranked number four nationally um, as the combo guard recruit coming out of high school. I did not know he was ranked that highly. Uh, so very, very excited to see what we'll get out of him. The backcourt is, it's a top five backcourt in the country. And the reserves, I mean, 
What else? What else? I mean, UVA is very deep. What else can you ask? Very deep. You have Devin Hall and Darius Thompson backing uh, Malcolm and London up. I mean, I don't know why people have anything negative to say about this team on paper, at least. You could say three point shooting, which we'll get to. Let's talk about the front court players. And my theory of the 2015 to 16 season, which you're not hearing very many places, but here it is. Mike Toby and Isaiah Wilkins shooting threes. You're going to see it happen this year. You're going to see pick and pop action. Those guys have the green light, and I can't wait. Mike Man, Toby has I, completely transformed his shot. Isaiah Wilkins is shooting more from three. And my question is, I hope they just stay with it. Because I don't know how many times you hear about a guy, he really refined his mid-range shot. Like, how many times do we hear that about Bob Evans? Like, every year. Mm-hmm. Like, well, he's... I was going to say... Yeah, how, uh, many, how many times do we hear retooling that? Retooling your shot and losing a bunch of weight are the two off-season storylines. Yeah, oh, he's, he's hitting shots now. Really he's improved his outside nothing. shot. And then after, like, the first two weeks of the season, they completely go away from it. Like, um, I, I love you, Bob Evans, but it, it happened. Let's face it. I've, I've always wanted Mike Toby to live up to that kind of smooth, you know, pushing out to the perimeter. I saw him hit 10 man. threes in a row in yeah. practice. 10 threes in a row. I'd love to see the it. The shot looks good. I'd love to see it. He's squaring up. I'm excited for this part. And I think it, uh, I mean, you talk about where's the three point shooting going to come from. Well, if Wilkins or Toby can give them something, then there it is. They have four, four guys yeah. who could shoot the three on the floor at the same time. Now, those guys aren't going to be 40% shooters, but at least there's a threat. So if we think about that, so say our starting lineup, we have Toby who can maybe shoot, according to my theory. Malcolm can shoot um, London, and then Marielle, maybe Evan Nolte. I don't know about Darius Stoppes shooting yet. I'm a little worried about if that. If Nolte can ever live up to what everybody expects him to do from us. I feel like he just lacks a little confidence. Like, Has it? Yeah. Have we come to that point? Pile on Evan Nolte part of the podcast? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let that stand here. I like Evan Nolte. I. I think Me too. Have a Me too. Great, he gets. He gets a little. The fan base has turned on him. Yeah. And I think that's unfortunate. It's hard to see. He's. Fantastic in defense. His positioning is is really important to the yeah. system that Bennett runs. Yeah, he he has improved so much defensively. Like I remember when he was a freshman sophomore, and uh, we would joke about how like Evan got called for another foul, and it, like when even when it was completely unclear in the in the course of of the of the play, but. Yeah, he just he's improved a lot defensively, and I think that that's where like his real value is to the team, and like just the shooting that you know might be there, might not be there. It uh, it's just like an added bonus. I mean, to your point, Luke, about uh, the threat of the three point shot from everyone. In on one hand, yes, I think you're right that matters, but I also just because of uh, the system that Virginia runs, you know, we don't get a ton of possessions. And so it's not like the NBA where there's a ton of possessions where the percentages ultimately play out in the end. The nature of college basketball is that sometimes, because especially you know in the system that UVA runs where you don't get as many possessions, you ha- maybe you don't get as many three-point but shots. Here's, here's what I will say. Those few shots. And I, there are going to be more possessions this year because of the shot clock. That's right. That's and I true. think that favors Virginia. I think if you're an efficient team and you're, I mean, you're Kim Palm's number one disciple, right? That's right. That's, Maybe not number one. But okay, but close. you're up there in the rankings. Virginia's an efficient team and no one can argue with that. 
I mean, if you have more possessions, then that just plays out better for them. I yeah, think. I certainly don't see the shot clock. Uh, I it will either help or at the very least be a wash for Virginia. I don't think that it will. Every game where Virginia was trailing in the second half, all I wanted was I wish there was more time on the clock. Like that's that's what I was thinking when I was watching every game. Every game but one. Every game but the Duke that game. That's a great point. When Duke started storming back, that was the only game I wanted to end before the official time ran out. But every other game, when they were trailing, I'm like, I wish there was more time. I wish there was a lot more time. Even in the even in the Belmont game in the NCAA tournament. I mean, they won that. I guess it got a little tense, but I just I wanted there to be more time in that game. That's how I feel about this team. That's why I love the 30 second shot clock, and I love Virginia this year. And I'm a homer. Just thought I'd let you know, but I think I've made some good points. I think Gill's going to have a massive season. Yeah, I think he's going to score. a Are lot. Are we sleeping on Anthony Gill this year? Oh, not, not I am not. I think he's yeah. going to. I think he's going to score a lot of points for us. I'm just saying, really as far expect- as preseason buzz, he's not a name that generally no, pops not. up. He's not, and I. But I expect him uh, to come up and be that very consistent, reliable secondary scorer that can really help open things up for Brogdon and be one of the the main guys. Um, quick story, my wife and my sister-in-law were shopping at TJ Maxx uh, the other week and ran into uh, Mr. Gill himself shopping with his fiance. And so just just the fact that he's – congratulations to the Gills, by the way. Um, just yeah, the, the wedding day is there, four days after the national championship game. Just thought I'd let you know. I mean, planning will be hell for that, uh, speaking from personal experience. <laughs> um, but – you know, I just the fact that they're he's looking towards the future, he's got that maturity, I think it speaks volumes about him. It also helps that he's a tremendous basketball player. I expect big things from him. Yeah. Wasn't he picked on the second team? Correct. Preseason? Correct. I, yeah, I, I agree. I think he's gonna have a monster year. Um I mean he, he had a great year last year and I think it's just the the offense is such that we're going to rely a lot more on him on his offensive output this year. And he's just gonna be—he's gonna get the most playing time of any of our big men. Like we sure. just—we need him. We need him to. And here's something I to output. I asked Malcolm. I had an interview with him about a month and a half ago, and I asked him who's the toughest guy to go against in practice. Who, who's the guy who guards you the best? And he said Anthony Gill, which I thought was interesting. And yep. he's come a long way. And Brogdon's the guy we haven't even talked about. I mean, do we need to say anything? He does everything. We need to talk about him. He's going to be – he does everything. He's the ambassador of this program right now. Fills up the stat sheet. And here's here's the thing. We're going to talk about gambling. I'm not betting against Malcolm Brogdon. I'm not betting against that guy. And and that's what I've told anybody who's picked North Carolina. I've told him, congratulations. You just bet against Malcolm Brogdon. If you, uh, Mark Titus, who's, uh, he was a walk on at Ohio State, he terrific basketball writer now. He wrote a preview of the team, um, in the UVA alumni magazine in the, at the end of this week. And he made a great point. I saw it, which I love the way he phrased it. He said, you know, I know that everybody in Charlottesville holds Joe Harris in, you know, the same esteem as Mr. Jefferson, but, uh, um, but he was saying that he thinks Malcolm Brogdon is the player who best exemplifies the modern era of UVA basketball under Tony Bennett. And he I wouldn't is, have it any other way. He is and I think he's right. I mean Yeah. Uh ACC player of the year. We'll see how the stats turn out. But as far as the most important player, if if you're lining up every ACC player and you're having a you're on a pickup court 
Like, who are you taking first? That's a real question. I mean, I, I would take Malcolm first. Was it all you guys? Deal? Yeah, Brogdon. Yeah. Line up every it's... ACC player who's out there. Even uh, Clifford, whatever, the guy from Boston College. <laughs> He's in there too. But yeah, I'm picking him first. Yeah, I mean, it's he, he, he uh, that would be a compelling case. Like, he uh, can create his own shot. He's he's got a pretty he just, good stroke. He wins basketball games. Yeah, he's won more games than I don't know. He's won a lot. He's going to become one of the winningest players in Virginia basketball history. Just want to say that. Just want to mention that. Mm-hmm. Okay, finally, let's uh, let's go over. We didn't say over unders for win totals of the top four. So we definitely like uh, Florida State winning more than 17 games this year. They won 17 last year. Yes, yes, absolutely. Duke was 35-4 and four last year. I think they go under that mark Early this under. year. Yeah. North Carolina was 26-12. and 12. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> just want to remind people of that last year. I think they, they win more than that. Over. Though. And Virginia, 30-4. and four. Man, what a year. <sighs> what a year last year. 30-4. and four. I mean, I mean how do you replicate that? It's, I, I don't know, man. It's tough to say that we'll win more than 30 games, but like, I, I mean, it, it's slight just, under five yeah. losses for the entire year. Is that fair? That's fair. Just, I think I, the ACC, I think the ACC gonna be tough. a lot stronger this year. Well, honestly. that's, that was overall. These are overall right, records. Right, right. Last but, year. Okay. In the ACC, it went 16 and two. So, mm-hmm. and they went, they swept the non-conference. So that was a, Final record of what twenty seven and two. Certainly got some tougher non conference games than last year. I mean, twenty seven and two. Villanova Rainbow. and Cal back to back, leading up to oh, Thanksgiving no, two. is going. I mean, leading up to Christmas is going to be is going to be a tough test. Um, twenty eight. Yeah, we we won the the first game in the ACC tournament, and then played UNC, and then we uh, beat Belmont. Be- beat Belmont, right? Yeah, I love this team this year. Yeah, and the only thing I don't like are the uniforms. I'd like to make myself clear about that. Not a fan. It's the only thing holding this team back. And before we part, Taylor, would you like to ha- have any thoughts on Jack Salt? Because I think we're going to dedicate a big portion of this program in general to the Kiwi. The Kiwi. Let me. We didn't touch on Isaiah Wilkins or London. Uh, Parentes. Parentes. But. Uh, I mean, we have time. Wilkins, this is, this is yeah, the inaugural I could talk, podcast. I could talk there about are this more forever. coming, folks. Um, Wilkins, I've always loved him since he started. Everyone likes him. He, just the enthusiasm he shows for it. He's so excited. I, th- I remember in one of the first games he played, significant minutes, he made a huge block, and Tony Bennett, I think, ran out onto the floor and picked him up and hugged him or something. I think I teared up in the stands watching that. And uh, that's not exaggeration. And uh, I'm very excited about Jack Salt. The Jack Salt era begins, begins now. Um, I I did some uh, vocabulary research that I think I'd like to share. Uh, Haptodysphoria is the fear of peaches and kiwis. And I think what you're looking at is a a fear of kiwis coming to ACC. Not the fruit, but the thunder from down under, asterisk, not actually from Australia. So the matchup we all want to see is Kennedy Beaks and Jack Salt, right? And if Kennedy is already afraid of elevators or getting in elevators with uh, more than one person in them, then I think that he could have some fear of the Kiwi. Oh, could yeah. this be Lars Tyler, like 2.0? Maybe. Maybe. 
He looks good. He he looked very athletic and moved very well in the intra-squad scrimmage. Yes, yes. I, w- I was yeah, very He just impressed. does things. He's out there doing impressed. things. Yeah. And I like that about him. Yeah. And now we've finally reached my favorite part of the podcast, the one I've been waiting for. I don't know how many minutes we've been going, but we've been going for a long time. But it is now time to bring in the fourth member of our crew this year. And you're going to see a variety of lineups. Uh, if one of us can make it in, two, three, four. But we have all four guys in the first week. And we're going to welcome in right now Mr. Mike Jaffe, our gambling expert. Taylor Pilkington, would you like to introduce the fourth member of our pod? Uh, Michael Jaffe, professional gambler, um, beaten Vegas 16 years in a row. Now live from the sportsbook of the Venetian Macau. Mike, how wow, are you? Wow, thank, thank you guys. Thank you for that introduction. I really appreciate it. You guys really filled me up. I, I wish, uh, you know, calling myself a professional gambler is, uh, is, is probably the best honor that I've ever received. Um, so I really appreciate that. You know, I, I always wanted to have a business card that was just, uh, just a chip, you know, that I could just give people. So, you know, I really appreciate that intro. Well, this is an important piece of our podcast because I don't know how anyone is going to listen to it besides from we're offering them free money during this point of the podcast because you're going to give us Vegas futures <laughs> on college basketball. So this is really a public service announcement at this point. Public service yeah, announcement. Yeah, absolutely. Mike um, is going to give us... I, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're, you're going to give us the teams to look out for and the odds where we should put flyers. And yeah, let's start. Start. Give me give me the odds for national champion. Should we start there, guys? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good place to go. And I mean, what we're going to be using here will be the, uh, the Las Vegas Hilton numbers. I mean, those are you know currently known as the Westgate, uh, though I don't like to call it that. Um, you know, just just looking around, I mean, the the lowest odds currently out there right now are, of course, with uh, Big Blue out there, University of Kentucky after their great year last year, at eight to one. Um, you know, when looking at NCAA futures, though, I mean, it's let, let's be clear here: futures are <laughs> you know among the worst bets you can make yeah, in I, all yeah. of gambling. Um, but we're the best. But that being said, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's money to be made. They could somewhere. be the best. There's money to be made out there. Can I say this about <laughs> Kentucky real quick? I feel like that yeah. line is adjusted for how insane the fan base is and how delusional they can be. Am I wrong there? I, right. Isn't that adjusted a little bit? I mean, how many insane yeah, Kentucky yeah. fans do we know yeah. out there? A lot. Delusional Kentucky fans. Definitely goes into the, the making of the bet. You're not just betting against the game. You're betting against the, the public yeah. itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, and let's not forget that just gambling lines in general are meant to intrigue the public and get you to bet on the game. I mean, they're making the money off the vig as opposed to the action itself. So, you know, the, the gambling line is more reflective of kind of what you want it to be and what the... What the public, what they want the public to see and want them to engage in, as opposed to a realistic line on uh, kind of what the true value of the team is. Mm. So right. give us some picks. Who who are we looking at? Yeah, so we're going to look at three different tiers of futures. I mean, they're going to vary from you know, first of all, understanding that all futures are terrible. So we'll go from terrible to abysmal to uh, you know, just don't bet your life on it. Um, kind of tiers of the futures here. So the best. The best that I've looked at from 25 and one, you know, down towards eight to one, which is Kentucky. But really, my favorite in the 25 to one range is Miami. Um, I know that I don't know if you all have uh, been discussing the ACC kind of at length tonight or not. 
Um, but I, I really like Miami's team. I think that they offer a, a great value. I think they'll actually finish somewhere around third in the ACC. Oh wow! I think you'll, right. yeah, I think I think you'll see him finish with a you know, he's Larry you know, four Convert. or five, four or five seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, I think you know, whenever you have a point guard like Angel Rodriguez that's been in playing NCAA basketball, you know, longer than I've been watching it. Um, you know, I just think that that's, that's a good value to have their point guard. And they have, they have the size, I think, you know, that the ACC craves right now. I mean, the ACC has gone to a place where they, everybody's huge, you know, and I think that they have some of the most talented big men in all the ACC. So I really like them at 25 to 1. Yep. Mike Jaffe's on the line with us. We're doing our gambling portion of the podcast. I think you even dubbed the name of this portion "Tears of the Future." I, that could be the name of the podcast, for all I'm concerned, but because it has a double <laughs> meaning. But let's continue on "Tears of the Future." Who else you got up there? Yeah, so I guess my second tier, which is you know the the hundred to one range, uh, the hundred to one range that I like is actually Michigan. I think that Michigan is a really interesting team. I think again, I'm looking at you know ACC versus Big Ten. You know, ACC has gone big. Big Ten has gone the Golden State Warriors route, where everybody's small and quick and getting up and down the floor. I think Michigan offers the best of that bunch. Um, I think that, you know, Levert and Ir- Irvin um, are, are dominant on the wings. I think Spencer Albrecht, if he's able to recover from his hip surgery, should lead the team well okay. there. Yeah. problem is they can't defend, but... You and they're 100 to 1. NCAA tournament, you never know. Yeah, that's, that's a flyer. Let's let's talk about yeah. the ACC futures. What's North Carolina yeah. coming in at? Uh, North Carolina is currently at three to two. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That, that That's absurd. Actually- to win the ACC regular season. That's right. Oh, I thought you meant the national championship, and I was like, "What?" No, no. That's- oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank yeah. God. No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> I was about to say. So they're three yeah, to two no, to win no, the that's ACC just championship. ACC regular champion. What about for the um, Natty? For for the futures, they are currently at. Let me look at it right here. Ten to one. Okay. They're currently 10. Wow. If only there was a way we could short North Carolina to win the ACC. If only there was a <laughs> there was a way we could do that. Yeah, I would I, love I to short to well. teams. Yeah, everybody loves North Carolina. Um, you know, even with Marcus Page's injury, still a 10 to 1. Okay, what's Duke to win the ACC? Um, well, they're actually with the same as uh, North Carolina three to two. And now these, <laughs> you know, with ACC futures, there's, you know, kind of a a little bit all over the place, and you're kind of pulling them from the Bahamas and, and Macau and things like that. That's so, why you're here. I can't do this know, on my own. I wouldn't have no idea where to start. I, I don't know how to pull from the Bahamas. So the That's why you're is, on this podcast. We how, need you. Uh, we need you, Michael. The real question is, how much money is my 401k going to make when UVA wins? And I bet on their futures. Tell me about that. What's UVA's odds for the ACC? We'll start there. Three to one. They're at three to one. And the other teams are three to two? Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. Correct. Yeah. That is a slap yeah. in the face. It is. It let's is. let's my, announce that one more Miami time. Team is you're, only eight to one. I tell you, there's value there. Value in those terms. You're two-time defending ACC champions who break everything back except for Justin Anderson. This is the first time we've mentioned him on the podcast. It took about 40 minutes. I'm really proud of that fact. Force that we, out. It took so long to get to, to <laughs> name him. Out. But yeah, that's, that's absurd. That's absolutely yeah. absurd. That's a slap in the face and... I don't know. I think we should. I think we should tell the team about this. Look, I mean, for example, in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors I think that's got an NCAA. Uh, the, the Golden State Warriors got disrespected. Am I am I right about that? And now they're demolishing people. 
I hope that happens yeah. in Virginia. I, yeah. I hope they know yeah. that they're being and, disrespected. And I think even after they've won, they've been disrespected, right? I mean, I think that's been their big thing coming into this season. They still feel disrespected. Um, yeah, I think that uh, people are down on Virginia because they just see names like Mike Toby, uh, just the reliance on him. They didn't like what they saw at a Perron case last year, you know, where they thought he'd make a big uh, jump coming into his sophomore year. So, you know, I think that they, while they've accomplished a lot, they still have a lot to prove, I think, to a certain degree, especially in an ACC that is currently building to beat teams like Virginia. I mean, if you look at Duke's recruits, North Carolina's recruits, I mean, everybody's getting big because Virginia beat people because Virginia was big. You know, so I think that It'll be interesting to see how well they play this year. If you can find a reliable bookie down in the Bahamas for these ACC bets, just um, just give me a text so I can uh, go to the <laughs> bank and, and withdraw some money for three to one. Yeah, in exactly. Venmo, Venmo flies in uh, the Bahamas. All right, you can all right. Straight wire trade. Maybe we shouldn't talk about this on the podcast. Maybe we should talk about this off air. But I do want to. I do want to so. have a conversation so. on this. Yeah. And, I, and I do want to say one quick thing before I get off the line. You know the. Um, I'd probably say my greatest long shot that I see that I really like at 300 to 1 this year for <laughs> AA Futures. 300 to 1. I'm okay. telling you, there's value right. there. There's value. Uh, it's the Val, Valparaiso. Valparaiso is a great team. I think they're going to they're gonna have a shot to be in the Final Four this year. I just want to make sure I have that on tape. Valparaiso, Final Four. 300 to 1. An honest Midwestern team. 300 to 1. <laughs> With that note... Uh, Mike Jaffe, first time on the podcast, many more to come in the future. Thank you for being our gambling insider and uh, a force on this pod. We really appreciate it, and we'll talk with you Absolutely. soon. Happy wagering. Happy wagering, Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Man, what what great information for the public out there. If anybody's going to get anything out of this podcast, it's going to be during this segment, during the course of the, of the year, guys. I'm just saying that. It's true. All right, let's do a quick background as we close. We're going to start with Taylor Pokington. Uh, this is, he's the brains behind this operation, you could say. To anyone out here who's listening, who's Taylor Pilkington? I am an editor at Virginia Living Magazine, uh, headquartered in Richmond. And I have, I'm a Charlottesville native and I've bounced back and forth between Virginia, Kentucky, and New York. And now uh, back in the Old Dominion. All right. That's Taylor Pilkington. Guthrie Alexander, who is that? Well, uh, I've been a UVA basketball fan, UVA sports fan for as long as I can remember. I know. That's that's the only thing that pains me. You've got a couple years of me. So <laughs> I'll never be able to say I've, I've been a fan longer than you have or I've watched longer than you have. But anyway, yeah, continue. Yeah. It'll, 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 uh, yeah. Time is a funny thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm passionate about, UVA sports and you UVA watch basketball. every game. You haven't missed a game in a few years, probably. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I just like I like college basketball a lot. Yeah, I enjoy watching games that like are you'll like be watching. Random. You'll be there for Pepperdine and Radford. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be there. exactly. Like in. if it's if it's you know eleven o'clock and I can't sleep, I'll I'll turn on turn on the TV and watch some like Pac twelve ball with uh, Bill Walton. Yeah. Like that's that's a good man time. After your own heart. That's a good time. In more ways than one. Yeah. Uh-huh. We are going to have to get him as a guest on the podcast. All right. I mean, that would be like a dream come true. <laughs> I mean, he tweeted at me the other day. Oh, really? last wow. year. I got a I got a I got a reply. So you guys are good friends. No. No. I wish. I wish I could say that. <laughs> and my name's Luke Near. 
I know that's the only way to really track him down. Sorry, sorry. My name's Lou Kinnear. Um, some people think my name is Lou Kinnear, so um, you can call me whatever you want, though. And I work as a, a broadcast journalist uh, on the Virginia basketball beat. So, is that a source of anything? Really, is it? I guess I can find out some things. If you ever want to find something out that's not too radical, you can always email the show or the podcast. And uh, I'm not going to make any promises. So if there's something burning on your heart and you want to forward it to us, you can reach us at Taylor. Can you give us the information of where to reach this podcast? ACCBballDegens at gmail.com. That's A-C-C-B-B-A-L-L-D-E-G-E-N-S at gmail.com. Stop by, say hi, um, tell us some of your theories on life and ACC basketball. Hate mail. Should we warrant hate mail? Bring it on. We might fire back at you. So just be aware of that. We love fan mail even more. So yeah, you can reach us at that address right there. Once again, it is ACCBballDGens at gmail.com. Easy enough. This is the ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast, our first episode. Thank you so much for listening, everybody.